Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the Verbal Reasoning Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Steve. This is one of our regular episodes, and we will have a bonus episode for you if you are a Patreon subscriber. Remember, anyone who signs up to the Patreon will be giving inadvertently to Solace Women's Aid because all of the money we make this year will be going towards that charity, which helps women who have been in abusive situations and helps uh, with, you know, relocation and protection and so on and so forth. So, Steve. Let's get right into it. What's the first topic you want to talk about? So I think the first one we can touch on is going to be the, uh, I believe it's called the SOWOB report. Uh, basically, there was an independent report based on race and ethnicity disparities, and they looked at different areas of, of that. So they, they took a lot of statistics. Some of the areas I can give you is, uh, for example, education, employment, crime and policing, health, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it really it built, it built up a storm in the news. Um, some certain politicians took, uh, you know, a specific conclusion, which uh, may or may not be, you know, in line with data. Uh, also, some pe- a lot of people have criticised the way the data was being analysed and picked up. And I, I don't know if you've seen it in the news, Aaron, but it was, <laughs> I think it created quite a big uh, shitstorm, if I say so myself. <laughs> yeah, no, I think... Um... I think it is a strange report anyway. We can get into why we think it's a strange report. But in essence, I believe the government kind of commissioned this this independent group who the head of the group was called Tony Sewell, 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 which is why we call the report the Sewell report, but it's about racial disparity within the UK. And generally speaking, what they the conclusion they came to was that although there's overt racism in the UK, as in when you're walking down the street, someone may call you a racial slur, Mm. there isn't such a thing as systemic racism in the UK. And in fact, the UK is the leading bastion of racial equality in the world and everyone looks up to us and so on and so forth. Mm. Um, and yeah, obviously it's, it's then caused a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a, a firestorm, so to speak of opinion on, on Twitter, you know, some politicians jumped on it and said, see, we told you there's nothing wrong with this country. We're amazing. Others came on and said, well, you're gaslighting us. Uh, we, this is, this is incorrect etc etc but um yeah no i think it was a it's an interesting report to say the least i can tell you a little bit about kind of the some of the responses to it from from quite high up places but i don't know if you want to maybe like specifically point out any any stats that you found interesting yeah so so i specifically was interested in employment so there's a section that says employment fairness at work and enterprise and uh looking at the statistics there was a common theme that really is, you can't escape from. I mean, like, for example, the percentage of working age people were employed by ethnicity. So they look at each ethnicity and what percentage are actually employed. Um, the highest is uh, the white community at 80%. And the disparity between that and the lowest, really Pakistani Bengali are, are like less than half. Um, the Chinese aren't far behind and neither is black African. So. The, the disparity is almost half but this is insane then okay fine you can say this is a one-off you know you you go down and you you read more about the wage gap between ethnicities and they're, they're basically they set it against white and when normalized for area looking at specific areas looking at you know comparing between skills as well so it's not like you know in an area you're you're higher skilled people they look at the same kind of skills um, there's a big, big difference between the white population and Black Caribbean, Black African, Arab, Bangladeshi, Pakistani, <laughs> white mixed Black Caribbean, white mixed Black, Black African, to the point where it reaches up to 20%. And this is almost consistent across all those uh, ethnicities, which is, you know, I, I, you know, this is like part of the, I mean, I can go on, on and on and just go on to other you know, stats in, in that report, but this kind of grouping consistently underperforms in, in, this, in, this, um, in this rating category. And when looking at this specifically, you, can, you know, you can't help but think, okay, perhaps, perhaps maybe there's something, you know, in this, like systematically that we can change to help improve the statistics. Because how can it be for each and every other ethnicity you know, reflect the same kind of, the same kind of numbers, even if, let's say, you know, like the Chinese community is totally different, you know, they're culturally different, etc. You can't justify it. It's consistent on different cultures. 
Uh, this is just one one section yeah, that I saw, I mean, and I, this is where I don't agree with the politicians when they said, no, there's nothing systematic. I mean, the the kind of thing here is also when you think about it, that I think the most high performing group of, you know, students generally tend to be ethnic minority ones in the UK, yeah. specifically the African uh, community, so Nigerian, etc. Um, and yet when it comes to employment and when it comes to wages, they don't seem to be getting you know, as much of the jobs or as much of the wages. So clearly there is something there, but, you know, the report kind of uses a whole different bunch of reasonings behind why that may be. Um, Mm. And it kind of tends to place it on the individual rather than the system, a systematic kind of reasons as to why that might be, Um, which is, which is kind of strange in my opinion, if I'm being honest with you, because as you said, Steve, like it's a, it's a recurrent thing. Yeah. depend like no matter what the the uh, group is if it's an ethnic minority group you're going to be getting less jobs and getting paid less and so on so it, i don't know how they came to that conclusion but me personally i was really interested obviously in the medical side of things because that is mm. kind of my field and so again they, you know they said that there's no there's no kind of disparity there and so on and so forth and if there is any kind of disparity then it's because of genetics more so than you know there being like some sort of racial bias um, despite you know black women being five times more likely to die in uh, in childbirth than any other group, and so you know there, there are disparities there. But what I found interesting was the British Medical Journal, which doesn't necessarily tend to wade in on these sorts of things, um, mm. put out a really really like you know stern statement. Yeah. So I, I can that. read that if you want. Yeah. Could you? Um, I'll, 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 I can't obviously read the whole thing, so I've taken like four different excerpts. From it and I'll, and I'll read it. The 30 page section on health in the report claims to undo several decades of irrefutable peer reviewed research evidence on ethnic disparities, previous government reports, and independent reviews all reaching similar conclusions. Ethnic minorities have the worst health outcomes on almost all health parameters. The report's conclusions, recommendations, and cherry picked data to support a particular narratives shows why it should have been externally peer reviewed by independent health experts and scientists. Furthermore, we would expect that a report with such lofty ambitions of presenting a new race agenda would have at least one health expert or biomedical scientist on the commission. It included a space scientist, a retired diplomat, a politics graduate, a TV presenter, and an English literature graduate, but not one with an academic background in health inequalities. The report also includes deprivation, family structures, and geography, not ethnicity are the key factors for health inequalities. However, it ignores the overwhelming evidence that systemic racism, in particular residential segregation, which is rising in the UK, is a major driver of ethnic, major driver of ethnic differences in socioeconomic status. The report says that health data are inconsistent and incomplete, but still concludes that life expectancy is improving for ethnic minorities. This is not true. It cites two reports on life expectancy in Scotland where only 3% of UK health minorities live, UK ethnic minorities live. The Marmot Review in England, where 97% of ethnic minorities live, shows that health inequalities have widened overall. The life expectancy has stalled and the amount of time people spend in poor health has increased over the past decade. The situation is much worse for ethnic minority groups who have higher rates of deprivation and poor health outcomes. The report is a missed opportunity. It lacks the scientific credibility and authority to be used for major policy decisions. Its methodology and language, its lack of scientific expertise and the well-known opinion of its authors make it more suitable for a political manifesto rather than an authoritative expert report. The new government approach on race, divorced from reality, fails to provide any solutions to ethnic disparities in health. It attempts to undermine the well-established evidence-based role of ethnicity in outcomes. It will lead to a worsening of systemic inequalities, putting more ethnic minority lives at risk. Mm. So obviously, Steve, they've made their, their stance very clear. And, they, you know, the British Medical Journal is a world-renowned journal. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. This, is, this, is, this is big for them to come out and speak so you know, to really, really put it out there that this is bullshit, basically, is what yeah, they yeah, said. Yeah, pretty I mean. much. And I, mean, I, like, and I do agree with them. I do. Agree it's, with them. it's like you said, they didn't correct for certain values. I mean, even when they corrected, like I, I read most of the report, to be honest, 
and like the statistics didn't correct for example like you said areas etc but even when they they did include some of the corrections and some of the plots and it just it just backs up the you, you know the, the point of that yeah there is actually um there there is actually a, a, a divergence and what, what actually annoys me is that it wasn't peer-reviewed that makes no sense like why would you release a whole you know investigation and not have it peer-reviewed i mean this is the thing you have again to me, this is very, it's almost borderline corrupt that there's yeah. not a single scientist on there that has any kind of background on, for example, uh, you know, health disparities. There's, they don't have, the period just don't have a scientist, a medical scientist at all. And mm. they've done a whole 30 page review on, of medical inequalities. How does that work? Now you might say, oh, but they surely consulted some, you know, um, individuals. But now, actually, uh, I've just looked on, uh, so on Twitter, for example, Stephen Bourne uh, tweeted, to my honor, to my horror, sorry, I, I, I was named as one of the academics and individuals who was consulted by the commissions on race and ethnic disparities. Mm. I wonder how many others were consulted without their knowledge. So clearly they've, they've written his name down as somebody who's been consulted, but he hasn't been. And then mm. uh, S.I. Martin, well, 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 my name has also been shoehorned into the mess in Appendix D. I'm thanked as a stakeholder for my participation. I was never contacted or consulted by these evil clowns who clearly know nothing about me or my political outlook. So, I mean, mm. it, it just seems to be getting worse by the day because now multiple people are coming forward and saying we were never consulted about this, but our name's in there as if we've been the one who's given them this information. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm just, I'm trying to give them a benefit of the doubt. And maybe one of the reasons they don't want to include, like, a health expert on, uh, you know, inclusion and diversity is possibly they say, you know, it could skew the data because they may have an agenda, right? This is something that they may say. Yeah, but, but why Steve, did you not the, the review it? Are, no, but the people who are on the, the commission can yeah. also have an agenda. Like, yeah, every, yeah, human, I, every I agree. human being can have an agenda. And the fact that you... You haven't included anyone with a medical background. Like, fine, go and find one of your best yeah, yeah. friends to come on and be a be, be a guy who's in that. But to completely disregard that, I mean, you've got a TV presenter on there. I mean, what does that even mean? Like, I just don't understand. Like, what sort of input is that person going to give on a field that they have no idea about? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm, I'm just trying to stretch it, you know, really stretch it. Even if we give them that, even if we give them that, why didn't you peer review it? You can't just do your own investigation, be like, hey, guys, this is what I found without, you know, if you want to publish it and be scientific without other people looking at how you approached it, et cetera, et cetera, and having the okay. This is just unscientific. This is basically propaganda at the end of the day. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can we can talk about the, the people on it. So, <clears throat> You know, it's obviously Dr. Tony Sewell, CB, uh, Dr. Maggie Adarin Pocock, Aftag Chug, Chugtai, Keith Frazier, Noreen Khalid, Dambisa Moyo, mm. Mercy Moroki, Martin Oliver, Dr. Samir Shah. You know, these are individuals who, who um, you know, are mostly of ethnic minority backgrounds, but of, you know, well-off means. Um, and I, I believe Dr. Maggie Pocock, she... She herself has like an interview from a couple of years back talking about how she was never fully accepted as either Nigerian or as English. And, you know, that caused a lot of problems for her and so on and so forth. And so like you're thinking, surely you in your lives have seen these sorts of things. I mean, even on a personal standpoint, you can't believe the outcome of this, <laughs> this report, surely. Like, but, but then again, they, they obviously are speaking from a place of, of a bit of privilege as well, because they've obviously been successful, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you're successful and it's worked for you, obviously you're going to look at the system and be like, well, clearly it works. I'm a minority exactly. you know, and I'm up there. But what about the ones who haven't made it? Are, is it literally a case of anyone who doesn't make it is your own fault and there's yeah. nothing that's failed you in the system whatsoever? I mean, again, I'll, I'll, I'll go to another stat in the report, which, you know, although they didn't perform the report properly, there's a, there's a few telling ones. So when it comes to response rates to job inquiries, when compared against white ethnic groups, the, on all ethnic groups, the smallest difference is 1.5. You have to put in 1.5 applications before they get the same uh, response rate. That's insane. The highest is two. And, and most of them vary between 1.8 to two. You need to, are you serious? This is for all ethnicities. This is white and Pakistani, white and Bangladeshi, white and Indian, white and Chinese, the mixed ones, black Caribbean, black African, ethnic minorities. They go between 1.8 and two 
all of them. Now you could say, okay, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll read what they said, which is to be fair, a bit fair. These are important caveats to say, we know that that discrimination occurs, but these experiments cannot be relied upon to provide clarity on extent what happens to everyday life. Okay, fair enough. While these application tests show discrimination against names that are recognized are not traditionally British, it's clear that this effect is about race, class, or perceived foreign culture. More granular studies should be conducted, which manipulate first the names as well as surnames, class as well as ethnicity, and which include greater and lesser levels of CV qualifications. So yeah, of course, I mean, we'd like to see, know the details. See, this, this is interesting that they say that because it's like anything mm. that is counter to their argument, they say, oh, well, it can't be used. But as yeah, the British exactly. Medical Journal said, there's 30 years of peer-reviewed papers out there and you're just disregarding all of them to make your own incorrect conclusion. So what, what exactly are you making your conclusion from? If you're, yeah. you're saying you're going to look at the stats, you look at the stats and you say, ah, no, no, these are no good, these are no good. I mean, what, what does that mean? So what did you use? Yeah, yeah, You see what I'm saying? You can't just cherry pick what you want. This never would have passed through a peer review by another independent body, which no is why way. it was never sent to yeah. one. Because, yeah. they, they, like, you know, you and I have both been in the world of science for a little while now. I've been published myself personally. Mm-hmm. And I, if I was to submit this, it wouldn't, get, it wouldn't pass the peer review. There's no so way. many flaws in the way that they've done this. And the fact that, you know, you can tell that there's a, there's a conclusion that they wanted to reach before they even published it. Exactly, yeah. Like that, that just gave it away. It's like, hey, look, there's a stats. Yeah, it points in this direction. Even I understand that you need more, more research, but straight away they jump on the bandwagon. Okay, then if that's the case, you can't make a conclusion at the end of this report. Use this report as a preliminary, I can never pronounce it, preliminary Preliminary, report. yeah. Yeah, that one, report. And then say, look, this is the cause for further investigation and no government official says anything, you know, because they can't make a conclusion. That's, I mean, if they did that, the, I'm the fine. The thing is, the damage this report is going to do and has done is, is incredible. It's yeah. going to set us back 30 years because yeah. now we've got somebody, look, for example, I'm just reading a Daily Mail article right now. I just literally just Googled it. Uh, now we must shatter the tyranny of the woke mob, right? School co-founder Catherine Bilbao Singh. Um, so then she's talking about this, this exact topic that you're talking about with regards to like, mm. uh, you know, um, having a callback. So then she's, she says, um, does that mean that British education system is racist against black Caribbean school children, but not African ones? I sincerely doubt it. Some, something else is clearly at play. In, in the case of those excluded black Caribbean pupils, families, culture and value must be part of the discussion. How much drill and grime music do people, pupils listen to? How involved is the father in their lives? Are there trust issues between the parents and the school? How much do they use their smartphones? It is high time that we, and especially woke social justice warriors, began asking these questions and engaging in serious conversation about these issues, rather than pretending everything comes down to race. So, you know, it's begun. It's already begun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know what? I wouldn't mind that if you actually launched a proper investigation. If you say from here, let's launch a proper investigation, even though your premise is wrong, I'd be like, yeah, let's launch one so we can expose you. Because they know they're going to be exposed. But I guarantee you, after this, everything is sealed. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like, oh, no, that's it. We, we proved uh, that, that there's no disparity and they will never look at it again. They'll point back at this report. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I, this, you know, people saying this is kind of... Um... Uh, one of those things where they say, you know, we're being gaslit. They really are. Yeah, we are yeah. we really we are. are. Really are. I mean, it's kind of like a a, a fuck you basically to every every you know um, every ethnic minority who's ever faced that sort of discrimination at the workplace uh, or didn't get something that they were qualified for because of their ethnicity. Now all of a sudden it's like, no, no, no it's your fault. You you made that mistake. I mean, this same woman. I'm just she's a school head teacher. Yeah? Mm. And look at what she says. Studies show, and I know from personal experience, that if a candidate for a job sends a CV with a white name, they are more likely to be shortlisted than if the CV has a typically non-white name. That might be down to crude racism, or it might simply be that the interviewer feels a greater affinity with a name they recognize. In much the same way that we all might feel a greater affinity with a stranger from our hometown or who went to the same school or university as we did. I mean, you are a school head teacher and you are saying this and you're then telling me that there isn't institutional racism in this country. Are you serious? Bro, that's mad. 
That is actually insane. So what, what happens to like, you know, the Pakistani community has been here for God knows how long, you know, like since World War Two. So you're telling me like out of no fault of their own, but their, you know, their name, their cultural names, even though they may have like the closest affinity to British culture being here for so long. And I've, to be honest, I like I, I was with that community, especially in Sheffield, you know, they had quite a deep uh, rooted community there and they're, they're pretty much the most Sheffield people you'd ever meet. You tell me, even though they have this kind of affinity, they're still at extreme bias just because of their name. This is insane, dude. How can you make that comment and say, no, they're different? Just off her name. Bro, the fact that she's made that comment and she's a school head teacher shows that there is institutional racism here. Like, you're somebody in a position of power who can hire an employee, and you're saying even if their CVs are the same, mm. because the person's name is white, I'm going to hire... And what what's... I don't understand how, bro, her name, let me tell you her name. Her name is Catherine Birbal Singh. How can you, as somebody with that name, turn around and say, oh, if it's a white name, then I'll feel it's blah, blah. Like, what? Mm. Can I say that? There's a complete lack of self-awareness there. Like, what are you you talking about? Yeah, no, I I agree. And I I feel like, like, I I don't want to, like, put it out there, but I feel like certain groupings, kind of pander towards this narrative for their kind of gain. I mean, we've seen with Pretty Patel uh, how she's obviously of an ethnic minority background, but for some reason, she feels like she needs to, to appease the place of privilege. Yeah, right? that's what I mean. If yeah. you're in a privileged position... You don't want to rock um, the boat. You don't want to rock the boat. I, I, to an extent, I guess I could understand if you didn't want to rock the boat, but when you directly oppose, you know, the, the kind of plight of ethnic minorities here just because you personally don't want to be... You know, you don't want to put your neck out. It's fine. You don't need to be a martyr for anyone. You know what I mean? You don't need to go out there and put your job on the line. But when you stand in the way of progress and you say, no, you know, I'm going to counter argue everything I can. I just don't understand how that works. Because, I mean, like I said, like this is the Sewell report. Tony Sewell, you know, is a black man himself. Mm -mm. Right. And of course, everyone's everyone has a right to their opinion. But I mean, this report just doesn't seem to be very... Look, Aaron, well there's a right, there's a right to, there's a right to opinion. For example, in physics, there's a right to opinion to, to what was before the Big Bang, because nothing is proven, right? Hmm. But like, but then there's the science. Then there's the peer-reviewed papers where you're like, oh yeah, this model is the official model. This is how it works because we did an extensive research. So this th- this report for me is a okay. It's like a, a prod. We probed it into the issue. You can have a right to an opinion, but it's not a final say. What it needs is a solid extensive research that is peer-reviewed and scientific you know and 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 even when you read the report it's starting to point in one direction i don't know how they got a conclusion elsewhere but even then okay it's true it's not complete complete it don't use this as a final say report this is just politics at the end of the day i mean to to be honest with you boris johnson has kind of distanced himself from this review as well because he's just Mm. seen the kind of response to it so it just goes to show you that you know this was commissioned by the government and now the government doesn't want anything to do with it because it's just, I mean, what even is this report? I mean, for me, this fits into the the trend that we're seeing, not just in the UK, if I'm being totally honest. We're seeing it all over Europe. And uh, it's kind of the vilification, the, um, you know, the, the pointing of fingers at ethnic minorities. No matter what country and what different, you know, ethnic minorities in the UK are totally different in, in other countries. There's always the pointing of the finger. There's always the... You know, you're the wrong, we're the right, without any like logical conclusion. And you've seen it in France, I think, recently, the last week, where they banned, uh, you know, a woman, a mother with a hijab can't now take her school children to school trips because of the fact that she's wearing a hijab. And they're looking to ban, uh, I think it was uh, people under the age of 18 from wearing it full stop. You know, not just in schools anymore, it's like in public. And on, on top of that, there's other issues that are rising. I don't know. I, 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 I'm starting to feel that in Europe, we have a trend going towards xenophobia and exclusion. Xenophobia, Islamophobia, all the phobias yeah, you can exactly. imagine. I mean, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a difficult situation to be in. And, you know, it is worrying. It is worrying, like, because, you know, at what point does it stop? It, it doesn't look like there is going to be a, a stop in sight. It's going to just keep getting worse and worse. I mean, what what do we do going forward now? 
So clearly, they okay. There is no racism in the UK that's systematic. Uh, all of these countless people who are equally as qualified who aren't getting these jobs just aren't getting them because of pure coincidence or pure luck or whatever. Got no jobs. You're being told you can't practice your religious beliefs. You're constantly being scapegoated for every single issue in the country, despite making making only a uh, you know a small percentage of the population. What do you as an ethnic minority do now? Yeah. You exactly. want to go back home, you can't. There's there's equally no jobs there. You weren't even, in most cases, you weren't born there. You're not, you know, adept at that culture. Yeah. Um, most of the reason as to why the, the East is in the situation it is right now is because of the historic, uh, you know, actions of the West. You're stuck in a. You're stuck in. You know, in the middle of nowhere. Really, what what do you do as an ethnic minority? Exactly. I personally, I'm starting to feel less and less safe in the UK. I mean, it is a worrying direction that we're taking. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally. Yeah, this agree. this 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 paper in my eyes has no scientific validity whatsoever. That being said, it's going to be now used to counteract any argument you can make. And what about you know the job security that a lot of ethnic minorities get because of initiatives that kind of work to correct this imbalance are all of those initiatives now going to be wiped off because clearly there's no issue yeah do you see what i'm saying it, like it, anonymization of applications of yeah. like not all companies do that i think they should all do that where they just don't give the name to the employer and they just look at their their you know their um uh cv before before ne- never mind before getting into the assessment center you know where they actually talk to the person that stage beforehand not all companies do that what does this report just say? Ah, oh, you know what, guys, just go back to. I don't, I, I don't understand it. Like, I, there's a big agenda behind this. It's so obvious because it's not even taken the results of its own paper seriously. And it's this is what I'm saying. Scary. I mean, when you look at those results, how do you come to that conclusion? That's another thing in itself. And you can you can come up with all of the you know the filler you want to try and justify why you've come to that conclusion, but it just doesn't make sense to me. In all honesty. Um, and like, I don't want to blow this out of proportion, but this is following the same line of the education part of the Nazi Germany era, if you follow me. It's not as hard and it's not going to be the same. Obviously, they're, they're not doing it the same way. But it's the, the point is, is the vilification of these you know groups. And it's the unjust vilification. That's what gets me. I mean, it, it was obviously yeah. very, very outright when it was when it happened in 90, uh, the 1920s, 30s, 40s. Sure, but but it's the same line of, of approach. Yeah, there's I no mean, logic uh, behind it. Like I said, it's, we're not heading in a, in a particularly bright direction. Um, we'll, we'll see what comes out of this going forward, I guess. But you know, it, it, this is gonna this is gonna take a long time to try and um, kind of get get through and get over because. They really, they really have, they really have just set us back quite a bit. To be entirely honest with you, yeah, this is this is horrible. Yeah, but... it's a horrible, horrible conclusion from a horrible supposed study. I mean, it's it's. I, I would be more than happy to speak to any one of these people and ask them how they actually done their research and how they came to these conclusions because I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. I, I simply cannot understand how you came to this conclusion. But it is, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, these things happen. You know, you just got to just gotta move on. There's no point in wallowing in your misery over it. It is disappointing, of course, but, you know, let's see. Um, vaccine passport, Steve. Oh, Jesus Christ. Here we go. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it appears, again, we're being drip-fed everything by the media rather mm-hmm. than actually being told outright what is going to happen. But a lot of pages are reporting that they are going to bring in... Um, uh, they are going to bring in vaccine passports. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, what, what's your first thought when you hear that? Look, I think there's two sides to this coin. Like the first side is is the practical side where you don't want people to... Well, here's the thing. Does the vaccine prevent spread? So, so like if you have the vaccine, does that mean you can't actually carry the virus? Well, I mean, it prevents infection and therefore it should prevent spread, yeah. Okay, then if that's the case, if, if you cannot carry the virus, it makes sense because obviously you're not letting people that are able to carry the virus from other countries to come back in, right? So that's one side of the thing. I get it. Practicality, it makes sense. 
Mm. But in terms of human freedom, can you actually like? I mean, is, see, is it's, it not fair about, to... it's not even about uh, people from abroad. When they say mm. vaccine passport, they, they they mean some form of identification to say whether or not you've been vaccinated. And yeah. it looks as though, you know, what's going to come out again, we don't know if this is what's going to happen because the government hasn't actually come out and said it. But the same government who a couple of months ago was saying they were absolutely not considering vaccine passports now appear like they've changed their stance. And they're saying that it's going to be needed to get into major sports stadiums, nightclubs, festivals, theatres, concert venues and cinemas. So anywhere where there's quite a few people to get into it, you need to prove that you're vaccinated. Now, I don't know. This is where it gets fishy. I've had me, my man. first vaccine shot, and I'm going to have my second one as well. I'm not an anti-vaxxer or anything. Mm-mm. That being said, I understand if a person doesn't feel comfortable with having the vaccine, and it just doesn't seem very fair to me to basically force it onto someone. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm like again. Look, I'm all about freedom of choice. This kind of takes away your freedom of choice. You choice don't have the choice to not take the vaccine. I don't agree with people saying, oh, I don't want to take the vaccine, blah, blah, but I can understand where they're coming from. And at the end of the day, it's their right to say, I don't want to take it. You don't have a right to force someone to take the vaccine if they don't want to. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a big jump, to be honest, because you're labeling people as well. Again, I don't want to compare, I don't know why I keep going on the Nazi Germany thing, but it's kind of like when they had the, uh, you know, the the star but on their clothing, except it's not the star, it's like a, you know, a pass. Do, are you part of the vaccinated group? Now, yeah, the thing is, again, like we've talked about this in the past where we've said even with the Shamima Begum stuff, like mm. it's not really that individual thing that you need to worry about. It's what this means in the long term. Exactly. Yeah. Because now it's a COVID passport. Like, you know, what's go- what happens next, man? Like, is it are they just going to keep is it going to be checkpoint every two seconds to go everywhere? You need to have some form of identification. You need to, you know. At what point do you just become a surveillance state where every little thing you do has to be monitored at every moment? I mean, it's a slippery slope, but this is kind of worrying. A lot of yeah. Tory MPs themselves are, are not on board with this. Mm. And really, it just depends on what Keir Starmer is going to do, it looks like. Mm. If he if he turns around and says abstain, as he always does, this will go through. But if he turns around and says, no, vote against it, mm. you know, we're not for it, then the, it might actually not go through. But again, it just depends on what he does. And he's such an on-the-fence kind of guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he turned around and said, yeah, no, we'll vote for it, we'll back it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let, let me give another side of the, of the argument then. Some people may say, well, well, yeah, they're putting people's lives at risk. Like so someone from, you know, going into the spreading and, and being able to do all this stuff might actually kill someone. So is that attempted murder? Is that manslaughter? Should you prevent that? I think if you say, if those people, I think what you need to make mandatory is uh, following safety guidelines. Like, you know, you wear a mask, yeah. you keep your distance, etc. Mm. The vaccine thing is completely different mm. because when you look at countries like New Zealand, again, like we, I know we always point to them, but that is how you are supposed to run a country and that's how you are supposed to do things. If you implement social distancing, masks, etc., I mean, they, they, they didn't necessarily bring their numbers down with the vaccine. They already had low numbers. Yeah, exactly. Because they implemented these techniques. So as long as you make those mandatory, which you can justify by saying, well, this is to help protect lives. I don't see why you have to force people to get the vaccine Mm. and then tell them, no, you can't go anywhere basically without having this passport for the vaccine either. Yeah. I feel like this is a harsh, harsh action. If they do it, like there's other solutions to explore, but they went straight for the harshest one, which I I don't, I mean, they've gone straight for the jugular. And again, my issue would be that, you know, we were initially told that this sort of thing definitely wouldn't be happening. So Mm. now it is happening. It's like, you know, you want to be able to believe that if somebody tells you, no, no, we're not going to do that. They they won't do it. But if if we're constantly seeing this back and forth and flip flop about what sort of direction we're taking. Mm. It is worse because then what like you never know what the next. Yeah. Could this be the pretense, the pretense to something insane? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so and at like, what point does it stop? I mean, what, at what point do we go, yeah, okay, no, that's enough. And recently they tried to pass, like, bills to basically ban, you know, um, ban protests, and that was heavily, you know, protested against. It's just all these things are starting to add up, and I'm just like, you know, with politics, there's always a, under, like, a, for, unfortunately, there's always a, a kind of undernote of, you know, what is the biggest scheme that you're looking for? 
and you just ask yourself like why is all this happening at the same time why are they looking for more control and more of a police state and less of representation and less of like you know people being able to voice their opinions i mean the report we just spoke about is one part of it then you look at the the one for the protest that's ridiculous and then this is a bit of a harsh measure but it's more of a you know surveillance control state i don't know it's worrying yeah i mean we obviously had the um the the recent uh you know changes in the law with regards to protests and stuff we talked about that anyway when you factor that into now you know these passports and you know this report and so on it's just becoming a more and more hostile environment to live in and what kills me is all of this has been done and what's being used is oh we're fighting the woke mob jesus Mm. christ man like what what exactly are you afraid of this is what i don't understand like this kind of boogeyman of uh you know social justice warriors is it frightens so many people and i'm like why why are you so afraid i just don't understand Mm-mm. are you really willing to give up all of your civil liberties just to fight this invisible foe that you've made up in your head it's like the war on terror isn't it like we know we know terrorists exist i think it's the same with like the liberal side we know like extreme work people exist let's not yeah. let's not front but it's is the idea that they're everywhere is the idea that we have to always fight them and using this yeah, narrative, watch where our step. we can't say anything. Exactly. You know what I mean, it's like if your if your name is like Gary and you're a plumber, don't worry, you're not going to get cancelled because you're not famous. Do you understand? That's something that's specific to famous people that like they might say, "Oh, this person's cancelled." But even then, how many people have actually been cancelled? Really? It's, you know, it's, it's, people yeah. don't actually get cancelled like that anyway. And it's like if they do, it tends to be because they've done something mad anyway. Like I don't. I but the, I, I, like if I'm if I'm being honest, I, I I understand the sentiment. There is a like a, a granular of truth from it. Otherwise, this is, they wouldn't use that word. So there is that, but like it's not justifiable. You can't use that and be like, hey. So yeah, therefore, like, yeah, we do let's all this. usurp all of our democratic rights and human exactly. rights because That's what we, I mean, yeah. we're scared of this. It just seems like the maddest, over-the-top reaction to the situation. It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's a bit, I can't lie, it's worrying season. It's worrying season because uh, I just have this like feeling we're just getting more into like a controlled state. More of, I, I don't know if it's me in a pandemic and like being at home, but it's more controlled, more surveilled, and you can't really speak out. When you ask, but you know, when you do speak out, they come up with laws like, oh, we can shut down protests whenever we want. If you use a microphone in a protest, we can shut you down. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Why yeah, would you I mean, even put that out? Like, why would you put that out? It makes no sense, Aaron, unless you're you know it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I I do want to talk about some other more positive stuff, but yeah, th- this is what's happened in the past week, so we can't That's really bad. talk about anything else, really. If I'm being honest with you, yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I mean, like we can go to the film um, that we we saw last week and. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so as part of our new segment, uh, which is the VRP movie collection section, whatever, <laughs> we need to come up with a proper name for it. But yeah, basically, mm. it's the movie club. And uh, <laughs> we, we selected, uh, you know, our first movie, which was a movie called Compliance. Uh, so, Steve, did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it. Maybe you can give, give them background in case, you know, they didn't see it. But Sure, so obviously, spoiler warning, but we did tell you two weeks ago, so you know, if you haven't watched that at this point, fuck you. Um, but basically, uh, the movie is called Compliance. And what's very crazy about this movie, um, and the reason why we kind of said watch it, is because it's based on real life events. And when I say based on, I mean, it's pretty much an exact copy of what happened in real life. I had to Google it afterwards because I was like, no way this is the case. No way this actually happened. But yeah. it did. So um, in essence, what happens is a guy calls up, uh, McDonald's in real life but in this movie it's called like a McDowell's or something I don't know it's, it's a different thing completely but hmm. in real life what happened was this guy called a McDonald's told them he was a police officer and said that one of the staff had stolen something and so he asked them can you keep this staff member in this room make sure they don't go anywhere and then by hour he his demands get weirder and weirder where he's like strip them spank hmm. them do this do that and then it gets to a point where he basically forces this this girl to commit a sexual act on this guy who's supposed to be watching her and um yeah yeah, it just keeps going on and on and on just becoming more and more like extreme basically and they just keep listening to the guy on the phone it's like 
my God, are you this dense? Why are you listening to him? I, it's crazy because he doesn't even really offer them any kind of proof of his ID. He just calls up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder. And you keep going, oh, come on. But basically, this guy done this in real life. So multiple people. I mean, he, he'd gotten people to just strip one another, got them to pee on one another, got them to do all sorts, just by saying that he was a police officer on the phone. And so but obviously... Like- it, it, yeah. How can you be? I can't lie. When I was watching, I was like, "You're all stupid." Like every single character. Like, how can not a single person be like, "Guys, no, Steve, this is the thing." You say character, but this happened in real life, and I'm just oh like, "How? God. How does that happen?" I mean, my I understand when somebody when is in a position out. of power and they, you know, you know, authority with authority comes obedience and compliance, as the you know the title of the movie goes, but. I mean, Jesus Christ, man! Surely you could have asked a few more questions and been like, "Yo, can you like give me some?" Or you know what? Arrest me, officer. <laughs> no, there's a point where it's just like, "You go and take me to jail." I don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in in real life, what ended up happening was after all of this happened, the guy who had the act performed on him, he got like five years. Yeah. The manager course. who allowed it to happen, I think, got fired. The girl. She should. A... She should have got the most because. Like, yeah, oh yeah, she, at she the end was the one day, orchestrating the, the whole thing, yeah. The whole responsibility was on her shoulders. I don't get how she got away with it. And then the girl uh, settled outside of court with McDonald's, but she was like, I think, 16 or 18 or something at the time. I, I can't remember, but she was young at the time. And, you know, obviously with youth comes, you want to listen to your elders and so on and so forth. So she was in the most vulnerable position of everyone yeah, no, there. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Um, but yeah, I like it's just I was watching this movie going, what the fuck is this? Like it was a bit of a slow movie, I'm gonna be honest with you. The movie wasn't like captivating from beginning to end, but the more you watched it, the more you were like sure. I've got a question. Mm. Who has the biggest responsibility? What entity? I mean, I would say the the manager had the biggest responsibility. You know, in the end, what ended up happening was another individual comes in and goes, "What the fuck are you not doing?" Like, yeah, it was the janitor like, or something. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was just like another individual just happened to come by and he kind of understood what was going on. And I think the guy on the phone said, like, "Oh, you also strip search her and stuff." And he was like, "What the fuck? I'm not going to do that. What are you talking about?" Yeah, and and that's when you know that's when it, it kind of ended. But you're really just like. The denseness of everyone involved, but I would blame uh, yeah. the manager. You know, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I think the manager. manager. Yeah, but what what annoyed me is that McDonald's tried to get away with it. I oh, mean, they, what did they do? I mean, they, they they like she tried to settle, and they kept telling her, "No, we're not paying anything. We oh, have man. no responsibility." Blah blah blah. When at the end of the day, this happened to multiple of their chains. This is something <laughs> like in terms of Clearly training, something's wrong with their training procedure. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure it's been reported beforehand. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not. It's not like they just found out all at one time. Yeah, they so, should have made it more, you know, obvious to the employees. Hey, there's this guy that's doing this. Just, you know, yeah. be careful with the police calls. Don't just some form of training. Yeah, some yeah. form of warning. But like, I don't know. I feel like the it's just like, oh, like, whatever. I, w- just I, I don't like to say, oh, if I was in that situation, I would have done X, Y, Z. But same time, I'm like, yo, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't fall for that. Like, that is ridiculous. How can bro, you even? Even if, like, let's say my manager was doing that, yeah, and I walk in and I see my manager doing that, bro, I'm I'm ending this. Like, why did no one end it, bro? Steve, I imagine mean... your your man. Like, obviously, this isn't to say that the girl should have done something different. But like, let's say the manager said to you, mm. you know, take off your clothes. I'm gonna strip search you. I just quit. <laughs> you know I'm what I mean? Quit. Like, because <laughs> you know, I, again, I don't, I, I didn't read that in depth to it, but. In the movie, at the very least, what they had said the girl had done was like stolen something out of a bag. Yeah. So I'm like, sure. Did none of you think, yo, would the police really go to these extreme lengths over just something stolen out of a bag? Yeah, and not in person. Strip search, you know what I mean? Like, check the cavities, make her do star jumps naked. Like, these are all stuff that happens in the movie, obviously. if You you must have watched it if you're listening to this now anyway, so... You, you'll know all of this stuff But like I just kept thinking about it. I'm like Why is none of these pe- the, the one guy in the movie The kid Who was like Oh I can't do this I can't do this I was thinking Alright yeah He's gonna basically Just be like Yo you lot are being stupid now Like come on This is yeah, yeah. this is ridiculous And then even him When he got told by his manager Like no Get out of here You don't know What you're talking about mm. he, he just so took stupid. it And he walked off And I was like Mate but then again, it comes down to compliance, isn't it? Like when someone with a bit more authority than you tells you to do something, would you do it? Exactly, exactly, yeah. That's, it comes down to compliance. And that's the whole point. It's kind of like a social experiment. 
to see mm. how far human beings will follow and what it takes. And it just shows that it doesn't take that much. You just need so to build it, it up. It's like the Stanford prison experiment, isn't it? Where they, yeah, where it is, they yeah. put those uh, guys into two different groups. One of them was the wardens and one of them was the prisoners. And when you're in a collective group of authority, your personality changes completely and you just become like this authoritarian, you know, you'll do stuff that you wouldn't do under normal circumstances when you're given that power. Mm-hmm. And it was something that really psychologically tortured the participants. It's an interesting study. If you don't know about it, Stanford Prison Experiment, there's a couple movies based off of it. Um, exactly. You can go watch it if you can't bother to read up about it. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's very interesting how the human mind works. I mean, they've really let this guy get away with absolute murder. Did they catch I mean, him? Did they catch him in the end? They okay, did. so in real life, they they suspect, and it seems as though it is, a uh, prison guard, right? Right. So this guy's a prison guard. He kind of knows how police officers talk and stuff. That's why he's quite convincing on the phone. Right. But then they couldn't actually do him for it. Like he couldn't get done for it. They took him to court and everything, but they just didn't have enough proof. So the guy who's done it hasn't actually been found. Wow. But wow. like I said, there was an instance where he got people to pee on one another, like all naked, the whole office. <laughs> That's like, too how, much. That's like, too much. Like in a way, it's like a really weird superpower, isn't it? Like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the power of persuasion is just nuts. That's so funny, though. Well, it's funny, but it's sad at the same time. Like, how can you fall for that? At that point, surely the game is up. Like, to go that far. Yeah, I mean, obviously... I don't know. I feel for the for the, for the the girl that was involved. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. Young, it's coerced right? as well, yeah. It's yeah, like... Coerced, young person, scared, yeah. you know, vulnerable, etc. But for the adults that were in that situation... That's what I mean. What the fuck is going through your brain right now? Like, your grown if they person- said to me... Oh yeah, I'm a police officer. Okay, cool. What's your number? What's your CID number? Well, how do I know that you're a police officer? The other day, my nephew got our phone, right? And he and he must have pressed 999. Mm. He's, a, he's a baby. He's like one. So he must have accidentally called the police. And then you can see he's pressed like one, five, seven, eight, nine, ten, or whatever after as well. Because he's just randomly pressing buttons, right? Mm. So then I noticed that the phone's just going off. And obviously there's a whole bunch of numbers on there. So I'm just like, right, whatever. So I shut it and I put it down. We get a call back like 10 minutes later. And it's this woman going, oh, I'm calling from the Metropolitan Police. You've given us a ring. I'm mm. like, I didn't give you a ring. Uh, at that moment, I didn't think that it was my nephew that had yeah, yeah. And she's like, yeah, you know, I need to make sure that you're right. Can you give me your details, your house number, your address, your name, your blah, blah. And I'm like, hold on. I don't even know if you are a police officer. Can you prove to me that you're a police officer? She goes, well, I can't, but I'm a police officer. I'm telling you I'm a police officer. I'm like, well, yeah, that's nice. Thank you for telling me you're a police officer. <laughs> but how the, how the fuck am I meant yeah. to know you are a police officer? You know what I mean? And I just shut the phone. Yeah, no, I'm, not giving you, I'm not giving you no fucking information. You're like, well, what do you need information about? You're, you're a random person calling me. You're not even giving me the decency of telling me who exactly mm-hmm. you're or like, there, there's nothing there for me to know you from any other person that could have called. Exactly, yeah. So because that also happened to me, I was watching this going, surely at some point. <laughs> but Aaron, surely, like, let's say you, you didn't go for it and you kept going. Surely at the point where it's like... No, no, this was did. after I watched the movie anyway. So I was like... So, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. So, so I was just like... But even then, I'm thinking like, even then, let's say you were stupid enough like to keep going. At the point where they're like, all right, split cheeks. Like, at that point, you're <laughs> this, like, okay. This is what I mean. Like, what Enough. do you mean? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. I just... Okay, so someone's stolen something. Yeah. That's fantastic. But then you're turning around and going, yeah, yeah, because they stole like, I don't know, a wallet or something. I just want you to really put your fingers up there, you know, orifices and... <laughs> no, like, no, no. What's the... Are you How do you fall for that? At that point, you just should, should be like, "All right, all right, fair game." You know, you got me. But to continue after that, that's what blows blows my mind. Yeah, no, I mean, again, we don't know what the situation was like. Maybe it was like a slow escalations, and and you know, it, no, but I th- maybe so. also like they wanted it. Like this is why I think the guy should have went to jail, to be honest. And so did mm. the manager. Maybe they wanted to play it out as it went along. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm glad the guy went to prison because yeah, at that's that just point, predator, cause, yeah, because there's no what can the police possibly say to you where you think you have to have that happen to you? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? Like that that was fucked up. That guy needs to go to prison, but so does the manager. Like the manager part well. that I don't understand. How did the manager not go to prison? I, I think she did she? I don't know. I don't think she no, did. No, she didn't. She didn't. She didn't. Nothing yeah. no. She actually so, denied all of it. So yeah mad Funny. and then there was video recordings of it all because obviously it was in her office right so there's yeah, a camera yeah. and obviously exactly. it came to light so it's just insane the whole situation is just insane um all right well i guess uh let's put a little a tie on that one because i'm kind of getting disgusted by the whole story 
Yeah, but should we wanna, suggest another put a kind of thing for it though? Like, let's give it a, um, ah, a rating. rating. Yeah, all right. So, what should we rate out? Should we do it as a percentage? Should we do it out of 10, out of 5? What, I think out of 5. You, about you want to do it out of 5? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to do decimals then because. Yeah, decimals. I give it 3.5. I think it was a decent film. It yeah. was intriguing enough, but the cin- cinematography was horrible. Like it wasn't horrible. Yeah. It was just so basic. It was just a story that kept me captivated. It, it was a bit. It was a bit slow for me as well. Yeah, uh, I'll be honest with you. There were moments where, because I watched it on the way home on the tube. Mm. And, you know, Amazon Prime downloaded it and that, and just watching it on the tube, and um, I had to stop a few times, and it took me a couple journeys to finish the movie. Yeah. Um, that being said, you know, obviously when like it was a kind of intriguing story as you put it, so maybe I'll also give it a free. I'll give a it three. free. I'll give okay. it free. So the average rating, I guess, will be three point two five. Around there, yeah. I, I yeah so, so three point two five is our rating for that movie. Although that sounds a bit high to me now. That's it. Ah, fuck it. I'm gonna give it two. Yeah, let's, give just it say, two. let's just say. Let's just say it's average. Let's agree on three. Five. Let's just agree on three. Do you want to agree on three? Do you think a three is justified for that movie? Nah, nah, a two, a two. Yeah, you know what? I agree with two. Right. I, I don't know. I don't want to influence your decision. But me okay, 2.5, 2.5. Let's 2.5, go for 2.5. 2.5. Okay, cool. 2.5. As you can see, we've really fought this out. So 2.5 <laughs> is our rating for, for that movie. Now, do you have a suggestion, Steve, for the next movie we should watch? Yeah, so uh, the next suggestion would be Donnie Brasco, a film which stars Al Pacino and Johnny Depp. I don't okay. know if you've seen it before. but uh, I have seen it have before, a, yeah. All right, let's watch that. And I guess there'll be more comment on the characters. Okay, sure. Yeah. So our next movie that will be probably in two weeks time that we'll review because our next episode we'll have a guest on and then the one after that will again be us two. That one we're going to review Donnie Brasco and we'll tell you guys what we think. Yeah, give it a listen, give it a watch, guys. Yeah, and then uh, so I guess this is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, as always, you know you can follow us on our social media accounts, whether they're it's uh, Podcast Verbal on Twitter or, so, or Verbal Reasoning Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you know, give us a follow, uh, you know, sign up to our Patreon if you wish, uh, where you'll get a bonus episode. So that's coming right up. Uh, thank yep. you very much for listening, as always. And uh, goodbye. Uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? You- that was bloody brilliant.